This is WHQR Presents, our station's effort to platform creators from across the Cape Fear region. Today's show is As Told By Us, a podcast by Sierra Washington and Coylin Bowen. For more information on WHQR Presents, go to whqr.org and click on the Podcasts tab. Hi, Sierra. <laughs> we made it to our second episode. Number two. Number two. We're here. We we posted our first episode, and our friends and family gave us a lot of really good feedback, so that made me really excited. Yeah. And Everyone was so excited for it. Yeah. I just, I didn't know we would have, you know, that much enthusiasm around having a podcast. So yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate y'all wanting to hear us and what we have to say. So we, we had, like, this light podcast party, and so fun. I think someone was asking, like, so what's the purpose of your podcast? Like, what um, what are you hoping to do, hoping to talk about? Like, are you going to have your friends on it? And you were like, oh, I thought that's what this was. We were just having our friends <laughs> on a podcast talking. And I was like, yep, that's what it is. Literally. I mean, <laughs> well, I feel like we're bringing our conversations that we typically have just to another platform where yeah. others can, like, get insight and be more involved and in tune to it. But these are conversations that we have, like, all the time. And I said that last time. We really do have these conversations with our friends and why not bring them on? I feel like all our friends have good opinions and insight, and, and they can bring value and bring their experiences to this platform as well, right? Yeah, I agree. Speaking of friends, friend, we have a special guest today. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Whoa. Um, Out from the ether. <laughs> <laughs> So everyone, um, we want to welcome our first special guest to the podcast, Manuel Lloyd. Manuel Lloyd is an archivist, a documentarian, a DEI facilitator, and graphic designer. A 2017 graduate of UNCW with a degree, Manuel worked for five years at the Upperman African American Cultural Center. He continued his DEI career at Encino in 2021. An active member of his community's manual was elected chairman of New Hanover County's Commission on African American History, Heritage, and Culture in 2019. He is also an active member of the Gamma Kappa Lambda Chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, where he serves as co-chair of the Education Committee. I just want the audience to know, I sent this to them. Tell them they do not have to read the entire bit. Why? No. I also like that you it's a 2017 those. graduate of UNCW with a degree. I would hope you had, you'd have a degree. <laughs> a degree in political science is what it should have said. So. Um, well, you deserve those flowers. <laughs> Yay, welcome Thank to you. our beautiful, podcast. Beautiful. I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be with y'all. Thanks for coming. Thanks for being uh, our first guest. Yes, it's it's a it's a weird phenomenon being like having the conversation we normally have and then like <laughs> hearing myself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. no, it's cool. I'm glad to be here. All right, you guys ready for today's topic? Yes. Very ready. All right, so we are going to talk about... Drum roll. Azalea Fest. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> so many feelings, so many emotions around yeah. this festival. Um, but before we get into that, 
I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Go back into your memories, and I want you to pull out um, some core memories about your favorite festivals that you've ever been to. doesn't have to be in Wilmington. It can be anywhere. Describe that festival to me. Tell me why it was important to you. What were the elements that made it great? We'll start with Manny. Oh, I didn't ever start with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think probably the one I really enjoyed um, – most recently was the African-American Cultural Festival in um, the Raleigh-Durham area. So I went last year, um, and it was probably at least five or six blocks just closed off with vendors. Um, One end had, like, musical performances and dances. And, like, the center of the square had a DJ. Mm. Um, There were, you know, T-shirt vendors um, black Greek organization vendors, um, food trucks. It was so it was really just a just a, a fun experience. A fun, and I think what I enjoyed so much about it was the visual of seeing, you know, people that look like me and like black people, um, you know, selling selling items um, that you know I would be really I would really really enjoy and like love to wear, uh, but also just sonically hearing like you know. The DJ going from hip hop to R and B, um, just hearing the black music, to tasting like the different food, the Caribbean food, Afro Asian fusion. Um, so it was really just kind of it hit like the five senses for me, yeah. um, and that just kind of like it kind of it grounds you in that space, but also kind of takes you out mm-hmm, into right. a different sort of element, and so you get to hit like all these different elements of black culture. Um, that you may not that you may have to go kind of far and wide to get, but I was able to get it in that one space. So that's probably the one that sticks out most to me. That's really cool. That's cool. I love that, that is. And it's pretty like regional, like yeah. to North Carolina. So that's pretty that's pretty amazing. I haven't been to any and I want to check it out now. No, that's fine. It happens every um I will say the end of summer, like start okay. of fall. Okay, we gotta put that on the list. We do. I would say for me, mine was in twenty seventeen and I went to Afropunk and they had a actual had the fest they had the original fest in Brooklyn, New York. That's where it originated. But this year they did one in Brooklyn and they did one in Atlanta and I went to the one in Atlanta. It was called the Carnival of Consciousness. And it was just beautiful. It was so beautiful. I mean to be surrounded by a multitude of different black people and just being in their uniqueness and, mm-hmm. you know, their individuality, but still this connectedness of it. The music was amazing. They had a lineup of, of a lot of artists, surprisingly, that I hadn't heard of, but it ranged from your, like, typical underground hip-hop soul from punk rock to, like, techno and so you got to experience, like, all different genres from all these black dope artists. So that was, like, cool. But just the, in the fashion, for me, oh, yeah. it was very, like, Afrocentric and futuristic. And it was just very, very cool to be, like, in that space and just taking it all in. I always say when I go to places like that, I'm just, like, in awe. And I never really get to take, like, photos because I'm just trying to experience it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm one of those people who I've never, like... I'm just experiencing, like, I have to tell you about it later. <laughs> but <laughs> it was beautiful. It was it was beautiful. And so hopefully we can yeah. have that someday around here. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. Mine, so I grew up in Charlotte, and we have 
larger festivals than, than I've seen here, and I don't remember any names of them, to be honest. I remember one was at Freedom Park, um, and it was like a craft festival that I went to with my dad and my little sister. And it was just really sweet because it was just out in this open space, and we got to walk around and see all of the artists and beauty. And I think um, from a visual standpoint, I was just very inspired. I was like, wow, this is beautiful. And then there was one we went to in Matthews that was like music and local performers. And my high school crush was a dancer. And so I saw him there dancing, and I was like, oh. Wow. Um, He was a hip hop dancer. Yeah, Elijah, if you're listening to this, but yeah, we we got to go there and it was just really beautiful because you did get to see this element of like local performers that were the youth. And then you also got to see these older um, craft makers and yeah, artisans, and it, it was just really awesome, and then eating all the greasy food and then feeling sick <laughs> after you ride one of the rides, you know? Yeah. There was there's actually there one more festival. I went to the Chinese Lantern Festival. Ooh. Um, oh, man. It was, and this was probably November, October, November of last year. Yeah. And so it is a this big amphitheater in um, the Raleigh area. I, I, can't, I can't remember the name of it, but literally it's probably at least like a couple acres of just all these giant Chinese lanterns. Like, on the water, they had this giant dragon. Um, you would go around, and they would just be, like, different animal lanterns, different these different sizes. They had uh, different performers, different, like, Chinese, um, either martial arts or, uh, like, fan dancing performers. Um, I, I can't think of the exact term, but it was just, like, it just kind of... The thing that stood out to me about that, because um, it was nighttime when we went, it just kind of, like... It really like over not overwhelmed, but like just really took in a lot, like a lot of your senses, and you just kind of see you again are kind of the best festivals are the ones that transport you um, to a place that is not your own, like a place mm-hmm. that seems different, a place mm-hmm. that allows you to just really have your imagination right. kind of just go crazy. And definitely, I love the Chinese the Chinese Lantern Festival. The food was great. Um, and it was just it was just something again for me i'm also someone who loves like a lot of different cultures mm-hmm. and, and exploring and getting to know them and so i was like looking things up i was like okay they had a different one for like the different chinese new years um well the different the different years like year the the rat um yeah. dog and all that so that's one of that's also one of my favorite festivals i'm looking forward to going back to that again and going to the it's like right before sunset where you say you can get like the best pictures so man that sounds beautiful it does it seems like with each of the festivals we mentioned, there's a few themes that pop up as to like why it's our favorite. So for Manny, something that you said that stuck out to me was like your five senses were kind of stimulated. Like you were really, and then that transporting of, you know, mm-hmm. where you were and possibilities and what could be. And then for Quaylen, it was like the spectrum of, of art and beauty that you don't typically get to see with Afro punk and, you know, not even having the wherewithal to want to take photos because you just want to be present. Like that, that you know, that captivation. And then yeah. for me, it's more like people and community. Like, do I feel connected with the people that are here? Do I feel like, you know? Um, so with that being said, let's, let's talk about our, one of our local biggest festivals. Yeah. Azalea Fest. I thought about this as a topic 
And just as a topic that I think we just touched on briefly before, I realized like when we when people were asking um, about the second episode and what other things we were going to be discussing. Yeah, Azalea Festival was such like this. It's like people's ears perked up, and it was like, oh, oh, it's like this buzz. I didn't know it was that much of a hot topic, and so. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, it just it just validates and just confirms, you know, that uh, yeah. we're not the only one feeling that or thinking about it or it's not, you know, it's this elephant in the room, um, you know, that people are setting up downtown as we speak for. Yeah, I think that Azalea, well, I think Azalea Festival is kind of, you kind of get a a two sides. I think for a lot of people, it's, it's the event of the year. Mm-hmm. It's normally when Wilmington gets its biggest... Uh, performers, yep. singers, um, you know, the for when the Azalea Queen comes down, like it's kind of like the big thing for a lot of people. Um, and then for some, it's it's like there's a flip side to it. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, like, or it's like it's it is a holiday. Yeah, it's a it's an off day. It's right, it's to, a day so we like, can cook out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a cook. It's a it's a designated yeah. cookout day. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think so. I think that it'll. I think for a lot of people, it will. This conversation will be enlightening. Um, kind of talk, talking a little bit of the history, but also kind of, yeah. um, you know, that that the shadow side, if you yeah. will. Yeah. Yeah. So, Manny. Yes. What can you tell us about Azalea Festival? Glad you asked. <laughs> um, so Azalea Festival um, was actually started. The roots go back to the '30s. Um, when Dr. Houston Moore, um, who folks may know the the uh, projects near or the housing the housing complex near um, kind of 17th Street, named after Dr. Houston Moore, um, but he wanted to transform Greenfield Lake, which at the time was real uh, like unkempt and swampy, into a very like you know landscape, beautiful park, similar to what it is um, today. And so he enlisted a lot a coalition of local clubs to kind of bring the vision to life. Um, but it didn't. It took a while for it to actually uh, come to fruition. So the event didn't, doesn't actually come to fruition until the late '40s. So about '48. Um, it was it, again. It was kind of expected just to be like a really a local thing um, that kind of like got local clubs involved. But it drew in over sixty thousand uh, spectators, um, including. Um, a movie queen like uh, Jacqueline White, who was considered who was the first queen, um, Azalea. Wow. Um, so it, it really started out as just this kind of like local thing to raise money to kind of clean up this this park area, um, and then it just blossomed into uh, this gigantic uh, behemoth of a festival. Right. Um, you know, celebrating you know named after the named after the flower Azalea. Which I did not realize <laughs> up until very, very recently. It's not even native, right? right. I didn't actually. Like, I didn't. What is that about? <laughs> <laughs> so I, here I am, all these years thinking, oh yeah, the azalea, that's our flower. That's our oh, the azaleas are in bloom. Yeah, <laughs> they ain't supposed to be here. Right. <laughs> no. Um, and so the azalea festival has had, uh, you know, as you can see from the schedule, it's just coming add, adding things to add on year after year, uh, from garden parties to fireworks, um, obviously the street fair that was mentioned, I mentioned a little bit earlier, um, a lot of it going through like home and like garden tours. Um, so there is very much a, a kind of nature, um, a natural element to the festival. 
Um, probably the thing that people know the most about the Azalea Festival is the um, Azalea Queens, who are normally um, obviously famous models, um, normally like pageant winners. So uh, Miss uh, North Carolina has been uh, Azalea Queen. Um, Felicia Rashad, maybe people may know from the Cosby Show, um, was actually an Azalea Queen back in the 19, in 1985, during kind of like the peak of her like popularity. Um, and she was actually also the first black Azalea queen back in 1985. Mm-hmm. So um, if you just do a little math, okay. took a little 30, 30 well, plus 40 years um, to have a black uh, <laughs> Azalea queen, which we're kind of going to get into that um, a little bit later. Um, but the thing that, again, I think people know most from it is the uh, Azalea Bells, oh, yeah. um, which used to be kind of the, um, it doesn't it doesn't currently exist, but they would, um, dress, you know, the, they pick some some women, um, some young girls, and they would dress in these kind of antebellum era, uh, you know, outfits, um, and it was kind of it was it was a big thing. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people, um, including even my mom, who really was was interested in being um, an Azalea Bell, um, and I think kind of going into that that context of taking you, kind of out of the space you're in, yeah. is that thought that if, you know, these Azalea Bells, this outfit would have been during the antebellum era at a time in which my mother, who is African-American, would not have been able to be an Azalea Bell. Um, she may have stitched the, <laughs> the clothing for the Azalea up, Bell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it recently, it, it's always been, I think, a thing that as, and I might jump a little ahead, um, mm-hmm. but as we get to kind of why some folks felt very engaged with the festival and some folks didn't, um, the Azalea Bells were kind of the the thing that really drew that for a lot of people I think kind of gave this feel of this antebellum era you know Wilmington has a lot of antebellum era um, you know mansions and yeah. um, plantations and so it kind of it kind of gave this kind of nostalgic feel for a lot of people um, for other people when you see that it, it, it gives you a different the flip side of antebellum is the slave era right. <laughs> um yeah. Um, an enslaved era and for some people I think that's kind of what kind of turns them off a little bit towards that is that that's kind of what, what would have been promoted because everyone loved it because again it's you're these big beautiful dresses with umbrellas like it's very much like the pageantry um, but actually if you stop to think about you know that time and that place and what kind of was going on um, then that kind of is what kind of led people to be like eh, let me kind of just shift a little bit away uh, yeah. From that, but they did stop the Azalea um, Bells um, back in 2020, I believe. Um, which it was a little bit of a little bit of controversy around yeah. it because it, again, it had kind of been it was kind of the the big piece. You always wanted to see the Azalea Bells. Who was going to be the Azalea Bells? And then the the organization, the Cape Fear Garden Company, who puts on the, the Azalea Festival, were like, let's try to pull away from that um, and try to you know reformat it in some in some different type yeah. of way. So. Um, Azalea Festival is over n- almost 90 years in kind of inception and thinking about it, and then 80-so um, years, um, or 70-so years in terms of, like, actuality. And Azalea Festival has always been a thing. Even if you didn't attend, you know, okay, Azalea Festival's coming up. I'm not, either not going downtown because there's nowhere to yeah. park, mm-hmm. or, okay, I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm going to come in town for this for this specific day. Um, but it's really, it's probably, I think, Wilmington's biggest festival um, alongside River, River yeah, Riverfest. I think it's an emblematic of a lot of Wilmington. I think <laughs> it's... Uh, go deeper into that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just think that it is this grandiose 
um, you know, festival that does bring out a lot of people. It does bring out a lot of community. Um, a couple of friends of mine are coming into town this um, uh, this week to actually go and explore it. And so, it, again, it's, it's kind of a natural time to bring community together. And I think that shifted, like, there, there have been, I think, two or three Azalea Queens, um, two or three black Azalea Queens in the history of the Azalea Festival. Um, again, the first one didn't come to, like, 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Emblematic of Wilmington being like Wilmington has this it is a historic and beautiful space of a city that sometimes seems to cater towards only one community and can sometimes forget about how the other community may or other communities mm-hmm. may view the experience. And so they don't understand, they may not understand why black folk make shy away or kind of create their own traditions around just things in Wilmington. But just again, if you just if you look at it and you're just like, mm, it just it it just feels yeah, it just it remind it reminds me of a time I'd rather not remember. Right. Or at least at least if you're gonna do that, also can also bring in the other, you know, the other side of yeah. it. Yeah, that's um, yeah. I think that's missing too. You know, I think a lot of I think it would feel more authentic to whatever they're trying to convey if they had the full story, mm-hmm. not just the beautification of what they thought was the good part of Antebellum South. And I thought it was interesting because I read a historian from the public library downtown was just talking about the bells and how originally they would wear that they wore the dresses that were left over from when um, they would have Confederate balls in mm-hmm. Wilmington. Mm-hmm. And so then they took that on as like, this is going to be a part of our tradition for, for now on. So that being something that y'all implement as part of y'all tradition, along with the Confederate uh, statues that that was were prominent prior to the you know taking down of the statues like that all fits like this landscape of the story that you're trying to tell with this festival right yeah uh, I so. mean yeah and just figuring out like a, like Confederate ball like, there are a lot of things that were like hey this used to be Confederate like the Cafer Museum was actually initially like a mm-hmm. <laughs> museum for mm-hmm. Confederate history um, I think they've done a they've done a good job of kind of expanding their room particularly like the Williston room. Um, and even like the Confederate balls kind of show up in this time of what's known as like the redeeming era where it's like trying to go back and and bring out parts of, of the Confederacy that hadn't really been history. It was more just kind of in response to civil rights movements yeah. at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, it's like what are what are these events anchored in? Because right mm-hmm. on the surface, it looks totally cute and fun. Yeah. Ice Cube and Snoop Dogg coming to perform. Yeah. And it's all right. It's all great. I, yeah. But, like, if we go back to everything that we said at the beginning of the episode about our favorite festivals, we know what they're anchored in. Like, there's no hidden, weird thing. Yeah. And I... When you were saying, like, it's very, Azalea Fest is very Wilmingtonian, <laughs> it, well, no, I, I yeah. agree, because um, we were writing a grant one time, and, and we were talking about the two different Wilmingtons, and how there's this sleepy beach town Wilmington that is a growing metropolis, yeah. and, you know, it, it screams of, you know, river, and beach, and beauty, and fun, and retirement and all of that while on the other side of the tracks 
our neighbors, you know, are hanging out at 10th Street Park, living a very different life, doing very different things, not experiencing that leisure per Mm se, um, Mm -hmm. and not experiencing that upward mobility and not experiencing the freedom to create in such a way that they are admired or valued or seen like what what's seen in Wilmington not to be super abstract you know but like yeah no I think I mean I I'd argue there's like three to four women (laughs) there's like I think I think you get to the I think UNCW as we know it's kind of its own yep kind of enclave (laughs) or UNC Wrightsville almost like it's kind of yeah yeah I don't even know how many like kind of students really go out and kind of get to get involved in the community unless you're in like certain programs. Um, but you don't be like that's kind of like the Wrightsville Beach area. And then you do have um, the downtown area, which is kind of a mixture of historic, but then also this kind of I say avant garde foodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what's what's the word? Folksy mm. um, coffee shop hipster vibe. Okay. <laughs> Um, and then you have, I mean, then you have, like, these real well-established and entrenched, like, black middle-class organizations. You know, we have fraternity, sorority houses and fraternity houses. Um, and then you do, you have, then you got, like, 10th Street Park. And Mm -hmm. then you got, like, folks who have a, who live a very different experience and have, you know, no, not have interaction with kind of a very uh, insular community. Like I know folks mm-hmm. who have, who are in these communities who have never been to the, never been to the beach or never even been really outside, even down towards like maybe the Riverwalk area. Right. Um, and I think that if there's ways that, I'm circling back to Azalea Festival. If there are ways to kind of bring those communities in in some in some regard, mm-hmm. or even if if there is a way that there are other festivals that kind of to kind of bring that in. Yeah. Because um, I think that. Riverwalk or Riverfest and and Nathalia are kind of the only two. Again, it's kind of just moving toward only a, a couple of of those communities in terms of again of that leisure and uh, and joy. Yeah, yeah. That that just reminds me of like being a part of the community, right? Growing up on the north side and. Uh, we were in very close proximity to the Azalea Festival, so people would literally park their cars on our street to walk to the parade. Um, and so walking there wasn't that, um, that was the thing to do, right? And I know we talked about, like, just growing up, what it was like Azalea Festival for us growing up at that time. And that's this is kind of like the flip side of that, right? I know Manny, Manny and I talked about that, the, the counterculture, mm-hmm. if you will, of Azalea Festival. And so, like, growing up for us as, like, the youth or as teens, mm-hmm. um, as just young adults, the Azalea Festival, uh, we, like I said earlier, a, t- a cookout, a time for a cookout, you know, mm-hmm. a time for a family gathering and, you know, meeting up with your friends. And we would just do things. Like, I know at that point in time, a lot of organizations, a lot of uh, venues would just host a lot of events for kids, um, teenagers. So uh, told Sierra, it was a time, that was a day that we spent literally the sun up to sundown outside all day long. We would come home long enough to do it like a quick change clothes break. Um, in the morning, we, we if we go to a Zega Festival, the furthest we went was um, what we call Tops. If you're a local, you know what I'm talking about. We're from the north side. Tops is the 
the uh, gas station on 3rd and Red Cross. Um, and so we would hang out and congregate there. So we probably wouldn't even see, like, the actual parade. We were just <laughs> over there chilling, right? We would get dressed up. Like, this was a thing. We would go to the mall. We already had our outfits lined up for what we're going to wear the day, our outfits, plural. And so <laughs> then we would, like, leave there and walk to Tim Street Park. So after the parade is over, it's just a known thing. You go to Tim Street Park, which is now known as Portia Hines Park. Um, and we would just ha- go there, congregate, cook out, party, hang out with our friends, listen to music. That would be a whole celebration in itself, right? Mm-hmm. Then you would leave there. You would walk to MLK, 8th Street Center. Um, they would have a party for the teens there. And so you would, that's what we would call today a day party, right? So mm-hmm. that would be from maybe like 1 to like 6 p.m. or something like that. Go home, change, depending on what side of town you on. Because at this point of time, that was a day where south side and north side, we were all over. We were together, basically. Oh, cool. Um, it's because I'm from the north side. For me to walk from from far north to A Street Center, yeah, today is the, today is the day, right? Uh, <laughs> that was the day we, we were... we just say, also, you were walking from the north side across to, to Market Hanover, Street? To Hanover, to be fair, yeah. Well, yeah. That's scary. Yeah. You were dodging. We were... Look, this was a time we didn't have cell. We didn't have cell phones. What? We were just living life. Yeah, we were out here living life. And then after that, we would go home, change, um, go to Community Boys and Girls Club on Nixon Street for the night party, and that would be a thing. And that ends at twelve. And then you go home, take a shower, get some rest because you've been out all day long. And so that was like the. And as an adult, I'm sure that would look like going to like some club or going to your favorite, your house, your friend's house for a cookout. Y'all having a party at someone's house, but it never looked like we're going to participate like in this parade or we're going to be a part of this float. It never looked like that. You know, it it, it definitely looked very much communal. Um, we had our own events in line. We knew what we were going to go to. We knew that this was something that, that was going to be hosted and it was going to be for us, by us um, every year for Azalea Festival. And so we created our own like culture around that. And that was a really beautiful, special thing until, you know, also derivative of that, um, it became the uh, Stop the Violence uh, rally at 10th Street Park uh, with Support the Port. So shout out to Seth Harrison. <laughs> he created out of that because that's a space where we know for Isaiah Festival, folks, regardless if anyone's doing anything at 10th Street Park, that people are going to congregate there. And so why not create something purposeful um, around that where you know people are going to be and organize around that. So that was pretty cool to yeah. experience, you know, in today's day, yeah. Yeah, and I think that... With a lot of Black Wilmington specifically, um, there's always been kind of that the the I would say underground kind of social. So like for most people, you go to Thanksgiving and then you eat your Thanksgiving Mm -hmm. and then you stay home. For Black Wilmington, you get your Thanksgiving food and then you go to um, Eighth Street Center, MLK. Yeah, Mm -hmm. MLK Center for the Turkey Bowl. I think having those communal spaces is is really is great. but kind of as you said, like, it was kind of just a community doing this. So mm-hmm. when whoever's kind of doing that, if they pass away yeah. or if they move, mm-hmm. then it kind of like just falls apart. And that kind of social infrastructure yep. goes away. And I think that's what where um, kind of more governmental entities or, or nonprofits um, can kind of provide support in um, – and kind of being like, okay, what are what have y'all done? What can we do to support you all? Carrying the tradition. Yeah. yeah, and I think that also then makes it more, it makes the community not feel as though they are outside of yeah. Wilmington. Yeah. So I think that would be just as we're, 
as we're thinking about, you know, how how to be more communal as a city, I think that's right. the way that government can even and even if it, even if it's something as simple as we're not going to charge to rent out a park, we're going to provide this service, you know, for free. It doesn't necessarily have to be a large monetary development. It can just be we're going to we're going to have this place set right. aside um, for these organizations because we know this is a, a a communal a communal thing, and we want to make sure that. Wilmington is seen as as you your your joy and success in Wilmington isn't seen as external to being in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. It's seen as because of or in yeah. partnership with the with the community. Yes. So. Yeah. When you think about social cohesion, community mm-hmm. cohesion, and creating like after Azalea Fest is done, all those people leave. Yeah. And what's left in Wilmington? Like what what's left for the people here? And so we talk about all the issues that we have in Wilmington. And some of it is really just based in relationship building. Mm-hmm. Like if we, like Manny was saying, if we are able to create intentional spaces and places for people and remove the barriers to do that and provide support systems, you're going to see a very different Wilmington in all of our different little mm-hmm. little little sections and, and pockets. Yeah. Like you're going to see safer, and I put that in quotation mark, communities, mm-hmm. which safety matters, but, like, what's the underlying factor as to why we don't have safe communities? Healthier, healthier mm-hmm. Thank you. Healthier in all aspects, holistically healthy. Yeah. Like, what is, what, yeah, what what does that look like, and how can we continue to to provide that for people, you know? And, and as a transplant, I don't have some of those beautiful core memories of Azalea Fest. I think the one time... I went, I didn't really participate. I was doing a student film uh, at UNCW and we went to Azalea Fest to film there. And so that was pretty interesting. But I still felt like an other there just because it wasn't, you know, totally a part of it. Well, even, I think, even as a, like, from, I think it depends on what your experience, Mm -hmm. because even as as a native myself, like, I didn't. I wasn't at the Zelly Festival, but I also wasn't at right. the, you know, 10th Street Park. Yeah. Because um, I think that was very much like kind of if you're downtown, mm-hmm. north, south, I'm assuming even out east, like that, where that, yeah. they would all congregate there. But I, I grew up even on the, the Seabreeze area of town um, in the Ogden area, so near like Parkwood and Weaver Acres. Um, so then, again, I think that you get these like different type of, you get you do get these different type of, type of experiences. Mm-hmm. Um I do also think that if I had been, if I had gone down to Azalea Festival, um, or even if, if those things were a little more aligned, then even if you weren't, if you didn't just naturally know, you go down there one time and then somebody's like, yeah, I'm going to pop into the Azalea Festival, but then I'm going to pop in down at, you know, this, at what's going on at the 8th Street Center yeah. or 10th Street Center. Um, so again, I think that we, I think we kind of diminish kind of social and like, yeah, yeah, um, we do. yeah, experiences. But even think if you think about like play as a politic, like that's that's needed, and that's play as a politic. Yeah, because if you are if you're able to safely just go out and play and and have joy and leisure, um, yeah, then like that again that that builds more. So something I know that support support always talks about is, um, you know, community ownership, right? And mm-hmm. I think a way of, even another way of thinking about that is like belonging and feeling like right. you have a say in your city and a say in in your community and so i think a lot of the more quote-unquote serious things that we have to kind of handle if people kind of want to stay in the city if people want to feel a connection um you know first you start out with just the social aspect which is kind of why i started the black the young black professionals um 
Because remember, people would ask me like, "Hey, what? Where do you people would tra- come to the city and be like, okay, where are to be frank, where are the black people? Where do the black people go?" Yes. And I was like, "So what we kind of do is we just we just get a group of us and we just go somewhere we like." <laughs> 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 right? Um, and so kind of trying to curate a little bit more of those so that you have reasons to, you know, want to stay. Um, and then if you want to stay, then it's like, mm, this is kind of wonky. We need to change this. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that, and that that really springs from my experience working at UNCW and, and trying to work in a black, working in a black cultural center yeah. and kind of serving the black student population who sometimes um, gets othered and sometimes I would say it's like, it felt like a, we were running a, a shadow university because we kind of had to sit mm. in a lot of different roles as counselors yeah. and social programmers. If we closed our eyes and and didn't do anything, there would be nothing to be done. And so, kind of taking that out, kind of as you're talking about creating space, upperman like spaces. Um, also, shout out to the Upperman Center. Love that okay, place. Okay, shout out, <laughs> Sean Palmer. Um, like trying to be able to do that, you know, create these little pockets in the city and then kind of bringing them together so that they're not as I think you can have pockets, and that's fine. I think silos is where mm-hmm. you get into, is where you get into trouble. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a, a quilt. Right. You yeah, have yeah. my yeah. Have micro communities. There you go. And then have some things that like they should all be able to go to. That's like true. so, all those communities should be able to find something at yes. Azalea Festival. Yeah. You know, somebody is somebody's not going to want to go to the garden party, but they are probably going to want to go see the the whatever live like musician and act that is brought down. Yeah. Um. As long as that act is like, you know, it appeals to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somebody, some people are going to want to be down at the fairs, the street fairs. So I think, I think as long as you are trying to consider, you know, the, the community and, not, and going beyond, well, they don't show up, so we don't have to. Mm-hmm. Well, let's try to make more intentional efforts to get them to mm-hmm. show up. Right. If they don't show up, then, that's, then that's, that's one thing. But you want to be able to say that you at least did your best in trying to. And there's historical precedent that shows that our community does show mm-hmm. up. It mm-hmm. just has to be authentic yes. it has to be genuine it has right. to be you know all the things okay so at the beginning of the episode i said close your eyes imagine your favorite festival that you've all you know yes. already been to now i want you to close your eyes again okay meditate with me here for a second um <laughs> and let's dream up a better festival in wilmington what would that look like what would it feel like what would it be and how is Manny gonna make it happen? Wait, yeah. wait. Yeah, that's, yeah. How did I? How did? That's the key part. Why okay. am I? The, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, get, you gotta give me some ideas. You both gotta give me some ideas, um, okay, okay. and then I can synthesize it. I well, first let's start with food. Okay. Oh. I think, and I say this because only um, a lot of times we have so many different black people throughout the diaspora, right? Right. Um, and so many different cultures we can experience outside of Jamaican food. Granted, I love Jamaican <laughs> food. I love me some jerk chicken. Okay, I do. However, you know, we can get some Ethiopian going. We can get all different varieties, right? And I feel like for a festival, we don't really, even our festivals now, we don't have that. We have to travel outside of Wilmington to get to experience that at a festival, whether that's in like Charlotte or a bigger city. Yeah. Like I would love to have, bring that to a festival of ours that yeah. we can enjoy because we don't have a lot of diverse and ethnic like restaurants here. I think you the know? I think the rice festival, mm. like mimicking how they do food at the rice festival out in Burga, yeah. would be a, a cool inspiration point for what we could do here in New Hanover. You know? Interesting. Yeah. But you're right. We don't, all our festival food is like 
corn dogs. Funnel cakes. Funnel cakes. Which look, I love me a corn and dog. And that's but... totally like I don't yeah. think that's a problem. I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't think that funnel cakes It's not a problem. It's but a problem. Can you get, yeah. It's just it's just the Variety. end. And if you if anybody out here has seen conjunction junction and if what's and you your should function? what's your function and that's my favorite it's my favorite conjunction <laughs> <laughs> not but not or and, and. <laughs> love that okay okay so food and I'm looking for something that'll bring everyone together how will I how will I feel connected at this event not anonymous and I'm just walking around doing my own thing shopping but like how do I feel in my, you know, spirit, like, how do I feel connected to my community at this event? And then, even when I leave this event, how do I know I'm still connected to these people in some way? All right, Manny, go. Okay, all right, I gotta go. Okay, all right. So, um, um, so, and I have a, I had a friend who posted. They were from St. Louis, and they posted about three one four day, which I'd never heard of, but I've always always loved new holidays. Um, and so there, and so I looked up three one four day, and three one four is the area code for St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And so three one four is all about all things St. Louis. It started out mainly focusing on like kind of Black St. Louis culture, and then it kind of has expanded to still that, but also just thinking about St. Louis as a whole. So what I was thinking of is like a nine one zero day. Um, that could be both in my mind. I'm thinking music festival um, with all the genres. So I know we have a lot of yeah. um, kind of folk and acoustic. Um, bands here in town, mm-hmm. um, but we also have a, I would say, a decent like hip hop mm-hmm. um, kind of yes. court- yeah. culture Definitely. here. Um, just even thinking about from UNCW, so I'm gonna shout out Lewis the rapper, uh, Moses DC. You know, there are there are just there are a, a good amount of folks who kind of give you a, some jazz rap styles, yeah. and then some folks who are gonna give you more um, either drill or thinking about kind mm-hmm. of. Um, what we might call trap trap yeah. vibes. And can I just um, real quick yeah. shout out the open mic night that happens every Wednesday night at Burnt Mill Creek. Um, Hollywood Keem, he hosts this every Wednesday from 9 to like 1 a.m. And talk about a diversity of rappers mm-hmm. in Wilmington. Like, I've never been to an open mic night where I've seen so many talented rappers uh, across, like, teenagers and up. Yeah. So I just want to shout that out. Hey, I'll check that out. Definitely yeah. I'll check that out. That sounds, sounds like a resurgence of Calico Room. And shout out to Calico Room. Rest in peace. Um, <laughs> pre-Florence days. But, yeah, we need that yeah. back in the town. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Manny. Go ahead. No, no. I mean, that's that's great. Now I gotta, I gotta music. Go so music, mind. definitely. Clearly. Yeah. So I mean, I think I think music. Um, I definitely think food. Um, uh, and I think we can get. There are folks in the even I don't know folks in the city who do Nigerian food. Um, the folks who own the Afro African Caribbean market, Tammy and Felix. Um, Felix makes amazing jollof rice, mm. like Nigerian jollof that rice. Um, oh, I just I just I just blank thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think you also have like a, there's a lot of. Folks here in the city who can do like a lot of different. I, I want to bring out like a lot more like cultural foods, yeah. whether that be Italian, um, folks around the Asian diaspora, mm-hmm. um, both uh, kind of East Asia, thinking about Chinese, Japanese, but also South Asia, thinking around India, Pakistan, 
food brings us together. Every just about mm-hmm. everybody will eat some combination of rice and beans yes. and yeah. chicken, mm-hmm. right? And so like. <laughs> I think that kind of doing something around around food and and trying to bring bring out the lo- bring out the local flavor, if you will. Yeah. So now I know day would all would be all about the community of Wilmington. You know, something that we all share. We all share that nine one zero. I think and I think you want what I would think is important is also being able to go around the county. So mm. having something maybe one day it's down. Maybe it starts out downtown just because that's where you know things start out. But maybe going down towards Carolina Beach and the town, maybe doing something at Human Cray Park or Green or doing it at Greenfield. So maybe it it, it switches around yeah. um, or, like, rotates three or four places, you know, every uh, every so often just so you can get, again, the flavor and the And that's and accessibility mm-hmm. for people yeah. of all socioeconomic yeah. statuses, people who don't have transportation. Like, you can still participate in this. Right. I mean, even going all the way down to... Like a Porter's Neck area yeah. of town, yeah. Like just trying to be able to, again, I think inclusion. All, all the way I always think about inclusion is that like the best teams, the best people, the best jobs, the best stories, are whenever any one person can feel like they can bring their whole selves to a project. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they feel they can bring their whole selves if they believe their you know ideas are heard, if they believe that they are ideas are valued yeah. and they feel included in that. So that's really. At the end of the day, that's what I think about inclusion, you know, diversity, equity, equality, uh, justice, really. Um, and it doesn't, doesn't have to be necessarily a lecture. It doesn't have to be yeah. a set of policy. You just have to make sure that folks, you know, they feel they feel like they are included and can be, you know, um, yeah. they feel like they can bring their best selves to the table. Because, again, I, I have one way of looking at or I might have ten ways of looking at things based off my experience as a black, cisgendered, heterosexual male. Mm-hmm. Um, but we bring in other people with different perspectives yeah. around, you know, a litany of identities. Um, you have nine hundred and ten ways. Yeah. Hey. hey. Whoa, that was you good. See what I did there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Nine one zero day. Let's go ahead and let's get that on. Let's get, get that, that on the books. calendar. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, all right, I'll figure out how to do that. All right. Thanks, we'll, guys. We'll we'll check we in with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about our favorite festivals. We talked about feeling and experiencing the five senses. We talked about being fully present. We talked about community. And then we talked about the Azalea Fest in general and how it has this historic context of beautification, um, and then morphed into this money oriented um lost cause okay yeah so (laughs) and then we started dreaming about no and then we started talking about like what else happens during azalea fest how did how, Mm -hmm. how did specifically the black community experience um and create their own celebration of azalea fest and then how do we dream up a new festival in wilmington and i think also like Kind of there have been other festivals, not just all other festivities around Azalea mm-hmm. Festival. Even I know y'all were telling me about Alt Fest, Azalea um, Fest, yeah, Azalea Fest, which is more of this kind of. It's a it's it's a it's a look at local musicians, um, alternative indie bands. Yeah. Happens on Fourth Street every year. I heard that this year they have over fifty bands at eight different locations, all on Fourth Street, wow. and you just travel up and down. Yeah, and they were really like, I was reading a Port City Daily article about it, and they were like, if you're 
tired of the pomp and fuss of Azalea <laughs> Fest, <laughs> come on down to 4th Street and we'll listen to some alternative right. indie music together. Switch and, it up a little bit. You know? And... Yeah. But so I think I think those two sorry, I think those two spaces can coexist. Like I think you can a Valley Festival is it is pomp and circumstance. And I think that's that's totally fine. Yeah, I like, I like yeah, a pomp yeah. and circumstance. I think you also do have like I mean Alt Zalia uh is definitely uh a something that is also mm-hmm. it appeals to it appeals to an audience. Because, again in Wilmington we do have this community that that is what they are very that's what right. they're interested in, right? So who's to say there can't be an Afro Zelia? Yeah, somewhere? we need that too. You know, Whoa. who's to say? We need that. An app. Yeah. Okay, Manny. Who's to say? Who's to say? Hmm. We don't. We don't put a pin in that though. We gonna. <laughs> how do we? Oh, we're onto something. Ooh. All right. Oh, Manny. Before we go, actually, I have a question <laughs> for you, and this yes. is the same question uh, Sierra and I posed to each other on our last episode. Um, and if you had to choose a '90s sitcom family. Um, that you relate to, which family would that be? A 90s sitcom. This is actually the hardest question <laughs> you all have asked me or I've gotten this entire time. A 90s sitcom family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's not a sitcom. I was going to say the X-Men, but that's not technically it's a sitcom. <laughs> uh, my blur jumped out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say... Uh, I'm gonna say Fresh Prince. Oh, okay. Can you give a, a little bit of an explanation, just a little tidbit? Yeah. Um. So there is. We definitely have very sardonic and sarcastic members in the family. So Jeffrey, who are quiet but won't like, they won't say anything until you do something, and then they'll say one thing. I'll be like, first off, where'd you come from? <laughs> um. Um. Aunt Viv ran the house. Mm-hmm. Um, both Aunt Vivs. Ran the house. True. We go, we go, we go, we are going to give we props. We appreciate. We acknowledge. We acknowledge both. second yeah. aunt yeah. Viv. Let's, yeah. She, right. Yeah. We also love first aunt Viv. <laughs> um, she ran the house, and my mom definitely, you know, like homeschooling us, and like she just really like managed the household while my dad was out, you know, um, making enough money that we were that we were fortunate enough that yeah. only one of us, you know, had only one of them had to work. Right. Um, and then we just had some goofy. Uh, from goofy folks like Will, um, and yeah, so I think I think that, I mean, I came from a family of of ten, so there were eight kids, and then mom and dad. Goodness, um, that. And so oh. we didn't there. We had we had more. There's not really a family that that fits everyone, but, but just yeah. thinking through all the personalities yeah. of the people. That would be close. Um, that that would be my family, the Fresh Prince. We love that in West Philadelphia, born and raised. <laughs> We're gonna have to plug that. Been all cool and all shooting some b-ball outside of the school when a couple of guys who were up to no good started making trouble in my neighborhood. Also, we have one last game, okay. if you will, before we, you know, end this episode, and this is called Black Card Revoked. Um, this is basically on our culture, you know, black culture, and so it may be hit or miss, but I try to be fair in that this is very <coughs> opinionated and there's no yes. wrong or right answer, right? There are some, apparently. Well, I didn't I didn't bring those. 
So there gotcha. are. Okay. okay gotcha. um, this is very much like Cards of Humanity. It comes with different variety of packs. We have a Shade Room pack. I didn't bring that today because, you know, we're trying to keep it cute on air. Keep it cute. Keep it real cute. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to pick one, and I want to pass it around. Um, My palms are sweating. I just want to let you know I'm nervous. Don't be nervous. Oh, you know. Okay, so... Don't be nervous. I'm not going to revoke your black card today. This is just a pseudo, uh, pseudo okay. game. Are you taking a card, or...? Yeah, take one and pass it. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. And right. then I'm going to ask mine. Your to... hand's sweating, too. I'm not... <laughs> mine are not sweating. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving Eminem right now. <laughs> <laughs> Eight miles. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Sorry. Okay. All right, so I'll go first, I guess. Okay. Uh, all right, the question is... <clears throat> What's the one thing that we don't believe speaking ill of? A, someone's kids. <laughs> B, the church. C, the disabled. D, the dead. D. D. Period. It's definitely D. We can't speak ill Can of I? the dead. Cannot. Although. They did no wrong. Well. I mean, they did. This, these day and age with council culture, I don't know. People are just, it, internets, the internets, no one's off limits. But... Culturally, in a black household, you will not. Don't, don't you do dare. It. Don't you dare. No, well, don't do it in front of a lot of people. Okay, there you go. Now, they're going to be ladies, there's going to be two conversations. <laughs> there you go. That raggedy touchy touch. <laughs> they ain't never did. It's going to be, it's, it's going to yep. start It's gonna start out with, God rest his soul. God, God bless But let me soul. tell you about that time. Yeah, yes, it's always a but, you know. Not our so favorite conjunction. Conjunction. <laughs> Man, yeah, we all, what's yours? Yeah, what's yours? Um, okay, answer the question. What's something that all moms complain about? Oh. Kids acting like they grown, looking like your father, <laughs> being too close <laughs> to the TV, um, and or all them dang dishes in the sink. All them dang dishes oh, in gosh. the sink. For me, at least. Yeah. Or being too close to the TV. Really? I ain't gonna lie. Yeah. No, for us, it was being too close yes, to the TV. Yeah, being Dang, too close guys. to the TVs. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't either. I well, didn't have they to be too close to the TV. Be... I just sat on my couch all by myself. While That's the dishes. Sorry. You, you while sat, the dishes. While the dishes were in the there. sink. Yeah. Well, the the modernized version of that that I'm, you're too close to the iPad. You're too close to the iPhone. Mm. Your iPhone. You're on. A, you know, it's gonna hurt your vision. So okay. I guess that's the theory, right? That's a thought. I guess. That's probably why my mom never let me get a Game Boy. Love you, Mom. <laughs> but I also wanted a Game Boy. But she was like, it's too small. Dang, you were deprived. I'm sorry. I had a DS, though, so it was fine. <sighs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Which of these artists would you want to sing at your funeral? Mm, okay. A, Jill Scott. B, Ladisi? Ladisi. Right, right. <laughs> um, C, Fantasia. And D, Kiki Wyatt. It's Kiki Wyatt for me. It's definitely Is it Kiki. bad? I don't know who that is. I don't know either. You don't know who Kiki Wyatt is? Nah. Oh, Lord. Give me okay. both y'all cards. <laughs> right now. <laughs> On air. See, the thing about Fantasia. <laughs> the shoes she coming gonna, off. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but she's going to take everybody over. Like, yeah. she is going. Mm-hmm. I can't do Fantasia. <sighs> No. I'm gonna have to I choose like, Jill Scott. I, feel like, I think oh, Jill. Really? Yeah, I have this thing I, with Fantasia. Do you? What? Not a real thing, but when I was in third grade, <laughs> I had this crush, and we we were vibing, we were cool, and then when we went to fourth grade, this girl wanted my crush, and she talked about how she sang Fantasia songs about him all the time. Like she told me about it, and I was like, 
So just so we're clear, yeah, basically, it's it's it was it was <laughs> the crush. It was somebody external yeah. to Fantasia exactly. who used Fantasia as the tool mm-hmm. to wedge between me and my crush. Childhood trauma. But now you're still using this her. Shows up. to wedge between Fantasia. Right, that's true. It's and my your own funeral. problems. And at my funeral, at your own. But don't I get to choose? You do get. You do get. You do get to choose at your own funeral. I so yeah. I'm gonna say Joe Scott. We love Jill Jilly Scott from Philly. Too. I yeah, I'm not opposed to Jilly from Philly. Fantasia though, like take it to church. Y'all already okay. That's it, it. Depends on how it depends on what I want. Like okay, the vibe. Right. What's if the I vibe we Fantasia. Get? If I want them over, I'm getting Fantasia. Yeah. Jilly. If I want them slightly distracted, Jill Scott. We got to, <laughs> yes. We're gonna make it to the repass on time. Yes. So, yeah. There we go. All right. So as we are talking about music, I want to talk about our song yeah. of the month. It is called Take Time by Sam Henshaw and Toby Nwigwe. Yes. Oh, thank you, because I wasn't going to that. Was you going to go through that? <laughs> so um, as we're ending the episode today, we will make sure that you hear that song. And while you're listening to it, just take a moment to think about slowing down. You know, all yeah. the... All the kissing and loving, we just need to be together and Aww. and and have connections and, and learn about each other before going into other things. Anyway, um, thank you to WHQR for the use of their <laughs> studio. <laughs> Wait, no, no. I didn't, I didn't know where that was going. Like, what was, did you run to a wall? What just, what just happened? Well, I was like, what do I say? Like, the song is, it's I? like, um, include this. Yeah, how do I how do I talk about I'm this? Not, song? I wasn't gonna let you off no. the because I might not be back. So while I'm here, look, all I'll me. say is sometimes you get real excited. Yeah. You meet people, you meet people you love and like, and you just want to jump right in full force, and yeah. you just need to take slow it slow. Yeah. And this is really me preaching to myself. Is that slow about, down is that about another crush, Sierra? That should be your everyday mantra: just slow down. Just, just slow down. Take, take you know. I'm going to ignore Manny's question. (laughs) But, you know, Quaylen got me a little sloth that I keep in my car to remind me to slow down. So we all just need to remember to slow down. Get to know your community. Get to know people. Get to know the reasons that you're creating festival. I'm really trying to, like, build this up to avoid Manny. Um, Anyways. (laughs) As we end the episode... Like always, we want to say a special thank you to WHQR for the use of their studios and to WHQR for recording. Thank you to our amazing producer, amazing. Kelly Knoyer. Thank you, Kelly. And like I said, our theme song is Take Time. So please give that a listen. And for more local podcasts in the Cape Fear region, go to whqr.org. Bye. Bye. See you.